Hello and welcome to another riveting episode of Security Views Radio. I've probably already used that word before, but we're just going to keep rolling with it. This is the only cybersecurity podcast that, you know what, I'm going to say it, takes donations in Bitcoin. I am one half of your hosts, Adam Slater, and with me as always is John. John, how you doing? Good. I just looked it up. You're not allowed to use riveting unless you are a riveter. Oh. Forming your job role. So okay. uh, we just made the Riveters of America Union upset. Oh, no. oh, we stole no. their word. Rosie the Rotor. Rosie, yeah. Yeah, we can that's do it. To, at, just not, you just can't say the word. You, you can't, yeah. I'm not sure, how does it, uh, how is that word used like that? I mean, are, are rivets that interesting? Well, I think you're, like, it's people that are, like, doing the riveting into, like, metalwork, right? Yeah, so how can a show be riveting? I don't know. It's attaching things together. <laughs> As always, Felton is with us. Felton, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing awesome. <laughs> you you said the word. You can you can duck out of it and try to hide behind Felton all day. Right? Yeah. That, yeah. All of a sudden, I'm important. Yeah. The hey, last no, time like, I checked, Felton is getting in shape, so you can't hide behind him anymore. Well, so but in this case, uh, uh, riveting uh, is is in in this case it means like it's engaging. And it's it's uh, compelling. Look who it's, found Google.com. Yeah, look at me. I know. <laughs> I know. I know they were different words. Come on. <laughs> Do you know? By the way, I thought this was interesting. This is definitely, folks. This is definitely not our topic today. I just want to say that. Okay. Um, PC sales have, have notched the strongest growth in a decade. I don't know if you have any quick comments on that. I know you're a gamer. I don't know if it's related to that. I, yeah, I mean, like, do they mean yeah, so specifically? They're saying Windows PCs, right? Not just home. Yeah, I think PC sales in general overall. Huh. PC sales, yeah. So, um, not that Apple, unless Apple reported, they wouldn't really know. But I guess they're just guessing. But um, I, I, you know, I that's that's interesting. I don't know. Um, 102 million units sold worldwide, up 13% from the previous year, according to Gartner. I mean, so there was like a lot of like, um, I mean, because because of, of COVID, there was a lot of and people staying home. Um, you could look around at like uh, single person outdoor activities. Like, so my 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 brother in law is a cyclist, and um, among other many things. But uh, he said that all like COVID hit and all of a sudden, like you couldn't get anything. So like singular, uh, single person activities, I know that those types of hobbies like that, those guys did gangbusters this past year. And I wonder if it's a similar situation with computers. It's like, well, I'm going to be home for the next eight months. My computer is five years old. I guess it's about that time. And if you're also including uh, enterprise and businesses, they were probably buying more machines for people to have at home as well. I wonder if we just ran out of laptops. I mean, we did for a while. <laughs> we, yeah. we were we just didn't have any. Yeah, like you you. Yeah. All those all those school kids, all those crumb crumb crunchers had to have them, man. They came yeah. they came before the rest of us this year. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I, I think that's very much an effect of COVID. Like, 
like I said, just like the sort of outdoor activity stuff. I know that um, um, uh, my sister-in-law uh, started uh, skating, like um, like roller skates, and she was like, it's impossible to find roller skates. So I, I bet it's a similar situation with desktop computers and home computers just skyrocketing off. So I have a deal. I, I actually started buying roller skates uh, at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I have some. I have varying sizes, uh, and I'm selling them for five hundred dollars a pair. So. Oh wow. It, it's just yeah. It's a deal. I mean, if you want to skate, I, I'm the guy. So. Yeah, you got it. Um, That's what the toilet paper guys missed. They should have been going after roller skates instead. You know, the preppers for years were like, uh, are now like, I told you so. I told you so. <laughs> Gonna need need roller skates. <laughs> well, no, with the toilet paper, they were like, "It's <laughs> like, honey, I told you." <laughs> this is why we built that secondary bunker. I uh, my one of my favorite thing, one of my favorite videos at, uh, to come out of the the year, and it, it's definitely it's definite Schadenfreude, and I know that that's you know not necessarily a positive thing, but there was this woman being interviewed. Um, who had purchased like thousands and thousands of dollars in paper products and was trying to sell them on the secondary market um, and then couldn't because, you know, they just made more. Um, sure. <laughs> and so then she was trying to sell them back to the stores that she had bought it from and no one would take it. And it was like a news piece. It was like, you know community news piece and she's like crying she's like she's like everyone's being so selfish i was just trying to make money everyone's being selfish by not buying this from me and it's just like you you horrible person <laughs> did i you know and, and folks um you know i think we have to laugh you know, i think it's important to be healthy to laugh so i think we have to laugh at some of the things that happened in 2020. And one of my favorites is when I went to pick out takeout at a local restaurant. I don't want to say it because I don't want to deter anybody from trying, but they, um, with every entree purchase, you got a free roll of toilet paper. So when I went in to pick up the food, not knowing this, they had just stacks of toilet paper all over the bar. And I'm like, what's with that? You guys aren't even open. What's with the toilet paper? And they're like, well, you get that with every order. It's like, oh. Could, was it, but was it like it wasn't uh, Charmin, Charmin or anything, right? Like it was like it was that lowest, lowest quality restaurant, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sand paper, <laughs> One. yeah. That you you can see through just by holding it up to the light. Yeah, it's that you know, it's that old one. It's got the little um, shards of uh, wood in it still. <laughs> no, but it was yeah, it was uh, it was the worst possible toilet paper. But hey, they were they were making an effort, and everyone was trying to trying to get attention but it's not exactly appealing when you walk into a restaurant and you see stacks of toilet paper all over the place yeah yeah there's sort of an implicit hey buddy you're gonna need this yeah like this is gonna run right through you and i especially don't want to say because i know at least two people on this podcast eat there so uh oh yeah. okay which <laughs> hold on hold no hold on I, no i can figure this out which two we know you're one of them Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I am one of them. Actually, we all three might. Now that I think about it, I don't know that. 
I've been there with you guys. Yes, I have. We have all been there. Together. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Listen, for what it's worth, duck it, you know? Ah, uh, got uh, it. Yes, got it. Okay, yep, yes. <laughs> I got it. Quack, quack. <laughs> um, yeah. I, it, people did some people did some weird stuff here, right? Like, I mean, it was a, I mean, obviously it was a kind of a messed up year, but, um, I, yeah, I mean, some of that ingenuity you gotta, I, you know, I, I think I've mentioned it on this show before. My favorite restaurant, they started selling their margarita mix, um, to people because it was like, he was like, I, I could still make that and I can still give that away to people. It was before North Carolina would do the takeout drinks, so he uh, made some money doing that. So. Yeah. Anything you can to get people through the door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So or through the driveway. <laughs> right. So hey, we all had to get creative, so the toilet paper I saw was a little gross. But hey, I'm sure it'll look back at one of those mistakes. I mean which we won't talk about on here. Adam and I heard one of the worst marketing ideas ever when we uh went to a radio station. So I don't remember the specific. Yes, you do with the stand-ups. <laughs> with the what? The stand-ups. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. No, no, that was terrible. That was terrible. And that was before It was before COVID, too, when they because they tried it the first time. They did it before COVID. We found out it during COVID. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. Poor taste. I guess you can get away with that on terrestrial radio but um we will not it must have really been bad if you're like no this is before covid (laughs) (laughs) well they tried it before covid and and i think they they got in trouble because they were going to try to do it again like even outside of covid it was in poor taste um but uh once in covid and covid times uh it was it was much worse it was much worse. Um, oh. So uh, anyway, I, I want to sort of jump into our topic today. I think it's something I don't I, I know I say this almost every week. I think we might have sort of grazed on this at some point, but we never really talked. John and I have talked about it at length. Um, so essentially, there are some I think rather strange and I think primarily it's people who don't understand this stuff putting forth these uh, um, rules and uh, legal um, uh, practices um, regarding security around personal mobile devices, specifically that if you are confronted by an officer and they want to access your phone, they can use facial recognition and fingerprint reading, but they can't use a personal PIN or password. They can, basically, they cannot, they can force you to use your face, they can force you to use your thumb, but they can't force you to use a, a PIN passcode. Um, and I've always thought that that was really interesting. So there was, um, you know, it became this sort of thing of, okay, if you think you know, if you get pulled over and you're worried about what's on your phone or if you're at 
one of the many protests or whatever that happened this year and you're worried about what's on your phone or just in general privacy issues, um, the general rule, the general rule of thumb was, oh, turn your phone off because when you boot up your phone, I know this is true on iOS, when you boot up your phone, it requires your six digit passcode. Um, so to access your phone, they would have to then turn it on, but they can't use face ID or fingerprint ID. Um, apparently, this is a story that came out this morning and it's uh, why we wanted to sort of bring it up. We're recording this on Tuesday, by the way. Um, it's basically they're dis, uh, two of these uh, two civil liberty groups are going to the Supreme Court to basically try and rule on this. Uh, and basically the, 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 the simple question is, is do Americans have uh, this is per the article. Do Americans have a constitutional right to keep their passwords and passcodes secret? Um, and I, I just kind of want us to riff on that for a little bit before we, before I really go any further into it. Uh, just sort of wondering what y'all's thoughts are. If as far as like, do we do do I think um, they should be allowed to do that or? Well, I, I mean, I mean, obviously, you and I, I think all three of us are going to land on the answer to the question, do Americans have a constitutional right to keep their passwords and passcodes secret? The, the answer to that is obviously yes. Right. Like, but I, I'm interested in why I think. What do you think their basis was of I can use your thumbprint or I can use your face ID like what? I don't understand that, except I think it would work if you're deceased. I, I, it's the only, I'm not sure, but I know that that would work. Um, and I think your fingerprints are not your own because there's something you leave behind. And I know that's a bit of an abstract statement. <laughs> that's some existential stuff right there, John, but okay. Going deep. <laughs> but, but it is, right? And I think that's one of the reasons why we, we can be compelled by law to give up our fingerprint. That's well-established law, and um, it's because it's, it is something that we leave behind when we leave an area, and it is evidence at, because we leave it behind. So the courts have well have long established that that's something you can be forced to give up. It's not like um, – well, I don't want to get too much into it but because um, I don't know the exact ins and outs, but I do know that it is something that you leave behind, so you are compelled, and a fingerprint is no different. I'm sorry, gotcha. scan or reader is no different than uh, what, you know, them making you do a fingerprint. Now, if you can probably, uh, I would think you could probably create a fingerprint to work on a touch ID from a fingerprint scan. Yeah, that that, that I, I don't know if I could speak on. I'm not um, super familiar with that. But no, I, that makes sense. Yeah, like if you were... If you're at a crime scene, your finger, your fingerprint's no different than a hair follicle at that point, right? Right, because you leave it behind. Yeah. Right. right. You could be forced to give up your D DNA, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could be forced. So, uh, with a warrant. So, I mean, my fear is that this is going to be allowed, and now we have, at that point, you could be, I don't know how you would be forced to give it up, though. What happens if you refused? Sorry, I might be getting ahead of the conversation, but no, no, no. 
Because, I mean, can, it, if you do that, you can allow any password to be given up, right? Right, right. But that could be a break of your privacy if somebody had my password. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it, to me, it is definitely a, 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 a problem because my password would contain information that doesn't apply to them. And they, then they would have access to. So if you unlocked your phone, you might be able to get into somebody's bank account. You probably could get into somebody's bank account. You probably could get into their credit card. You probably could get into those pictures of his wife. Or right. you could get into those those pictures of children that you're not supposed to have. And, that, and in the course of the one investing in one crime, they could stumble on others. Or they could find stuff that wasn't valid and then turn over that information. Yeah. I'm I'm. I'm I'm a hundred percent against this, but I and I am a law and order guy, but I am a privacy guy, and I believe that this is wrong. Uh, I guess the question I have is: Is this something Apple thought about when they made facial recognition um, prominent on the latest phones? I I would not I would not put it past them to have thought about that uh, there you know apple's a very a very privacy focused company um i don't know if it was necessarily the main reason um there obviously there's design considerations that go into place they wanted more screen on the front of the phone and all this other kind of stuff but um i i highly doubt that it wasn't brought up well well no what i'm i guess let me ask the question again i remember it was the case where they were trying to crack a phone and uh apple said no we're not gonna we're not gonna do that due to privacy um so they wouldn't break into the phone for the government um yeah yeah they wouldn't do the um yeah they would they wouldn't they wouldn't provide the government with the ability to um to break into the phone but since they introduced facial recognition it gives law an order a way to another path into the phone now with your fingerprint or facial recognition. So I wonder if there was like a compromise on Apple's part to say, okay, we're not going to crack phones, but since we know that you can use fingerprints and facial recognition, you know, we'll, I'm just wondering. So here's, here's an idea, quick, quick sidebar. Yeah. This is an idea for the next version of iOS. Okay. Okay that you program a word into the phone through Siri. And that word can be anything absurd, like, uh, you know, grapeseed oil. And then basically, if somebody holds a phone up to you, all you do is, is say, your phone, you say grapeseed oil, and the phone is, is rendered shut down. I like it. I like mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? So then it, it, it turns off face ID from anywhere. And here's that term. Huh? You with me? I yeah. <laughs> I don't feel you guys are with me. This is a no, 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 no. I think I think you would have to like just from a mechanical perspective, it would have to you would have to say the name of the assistant, and then you would have to say initiate shutdown, and then give the passcode. Because otherwise, no, 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 it's just the word. It's like a safe word that you use when you want to get out of a party. Well, then how do I how do I how do I add grapeseed oil to my my grocery list? <laughs> okay, then pick a different word. Yeah, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> the boogaloo. The yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I do. I, I like the idea of like a voice command shutdown. I do. 
Yeah, it's it's a. Uh... Or you have the right to remain and right there. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a good one. <laughs> the moment it hears that from anybody, the phone just shuts off. I didn't do anything. I didn't. I, I'm sitting right next to you. I'm sorry, I didn't do anything. I didn't touch it. And then if you have a, a MacBook, it initiates shutdown of all your devices, basically. Yeah. It's like a kill switch of your of your life right there. Powerful. It's powerful. It is powerful. <laughs> John, um, you said that, John, you said that um, even if you're de- deceased, you can still open the phone. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, and probably face ID too. Yeah, that's a uh, that's no, a no, face. That, that, that could ruin a lot of um, happy homes. Show me your phone. No, I'm not going to show you my phone. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it could. I could essentially do that now, right? I could hold a phone up to somebody and say, "Tell me, tell me what your password is," and in the process, I'd be unlocking the phone. That is just wait for you to go to sleep. It would work on kids or whatever. Or oh, when you go to sleep, yeah. I, I mean, I haven't tested it, but I imagine it would work. You don't always pass away with your eyes closed. So now I'm going to test to see if I can open my phone with my eyes closed. You do that. You have one of those fancy phones. I, I'm going back to a flip phone, apparently. Um, <laughs> I just don't feel I can ever keep my privacy i feel that my privacy continues to get chipped away and chipped away and chipped away and i get frustrated with the argument that well i'm not doing anything wrong so therefore um it's no big deal but that's not necessarily anybody's business how i communicate with my wife is my privacy that's not, i'm not breaking the law but that's right. nobody's business. And it doesn't matter if we're talking about something inappropriate or what we're going to have for dinner or if we don't like a particular person. That's between us. That's my privacy. And it's nobody's business to, to, to get to. And remember, last I checked in this country, we are innocent until proven guilty. So therefore, once you get in there and you don't find anything, you've seen everything else. And now I've lost that that I've lost that privacy. I think some of this is our fault because we do put so much information in there, but other things are just are 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 very hard to control because in order to make doctor's appointments now, you need to be in part of their online portal. Right. That 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 means if you get into my computer, you can get into my medical records. And so it, it, we've crossed the line because we've pushed so much stuff down on people. My kids can't go to school without getting on a computer. We, I can't do my banking in many cases. I don't get bank statements anymore in the mail. I mean, imagine I could pay the bank to send them to me once a month, but odds are that you know that's probably a difficult proposition at this point. Nobody wants to be in that business. You can't really conduct your life now without a computer or very easily. I wish we could still be private like that. I wish my credit card statement was private and required subpoena, but we found that these things are not the case. You can pull people's credit card transactions. Yeah. The bank often knows my my spending habits. You know, when I look at my um, a credit card online portal, it's, it's, it's suggesting places I can shop at to get a better deal and, and discounts and the places I shop at because marketing is now involved in my credit card usage. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. That is to say, once somebody gets in your phone, they most likely get in your life. And if we can allow, or we can force somebody to unlock a phone, we can, if we can force them to unlock a computer. It, 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 there's absolutely no technical difference between the two. No. Right? It's processors and memory. It's the same technology. Right, right. Different size. Well, the only solution is to become like Gene Hackman in the number one hacker movie of all time, Enemy of the State, as we established. Well, how about you? What's your what's what's your riff on this thing? You're, you're, when I first met you, I remember early conversations where we were going to privacy. I mean, I'm still for it, but my <laughs> my pro- <laughs> I don't know. Right. No, the, my my the problem is is that like. I'm with you. Like the fact that like it's convenient that I can talk to my doctor through an app on my phone. But then after where I do that, I would like have this moment of like, well, that was kind of weird. Like, should I really be able to do that? I mean, and 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 the thing is, is that the sad fact of the matter is, is that um, in 20 years, people aren't going to be asking. I don't think people are going to be asking these questions the way that we're asking them now. Like, there's going to be some people like your kids, John, that are growing up in an environment where uh, personal privacy is thought about a lot more um, than in other like in, in than in other households, and the reliance on computers is going to be different. You know, I, I definitely have um, I definitely have a lot of stuff on my phone um, that is you know personal. Uh, you know, personal in nature, but I'll say that like I have taken steps to um, further protect that. Like, um, there I have a an app that allows me to remove files and photos and basically anything from the phone and put it into this deeper application, like this other application that has an extra layer of security to it. Um, it's a really, really cool app. And, um, so like any, like if I have pictures of like documents or something, which I've done before, we've, we've all probably done that before. Like, oh, I need a picture of this, you know, this credit card statement, or I, you know, I send a picture, my wife sends a picture of me, of my W2, right? Like I need that picture because I need to access that information, but I don't want it just sitting in my camera roll. So I stick it in, I stick it in this app. Um, You and I, the three of us, and probably most of the people listening would be doing that and would want to do that. The app is called Keep Safe, by the way. It's a, it's really good. It's a, it's a, it's a good app. They make, um, that same company makes several other uh, secure um, uh, applications. They they make another one where you have like a, a separate private phone number. Um, so it, it's it's good. It, it, it's we think about that stuff, but not everyone is thinking about that stuff. And I just think that as as and I, not to be a pessimist about it because I don't like doing that. You know me. Like I don't I don't like having a negative outlook on things, but. The pessimist in me is sitting here going like, well, in 20 years, none of these conversations are going to matter because no one's going to no one's going to be thinking about what stuff they put on their phone or what stuff they don't put on their phone. But do you think it's not going to matter because we would have lost all sense of privacy? 
When was the last time we passed a law or had a court ruling that aired on the side of privacy? It's been a while. It's no, we're not getting more yeah. private. We're getting less private with every rule. And they just if they lose this one, they just come at it from another angle. Yeah. That's what they do. I mean, they're not passing laws around privacy, especially in the United States. They're not passing laws around privacy. No. No, I, I it's not. It's not it's not from a legal perspective. I think socially we won't care. And by by we, I mean the the the, the greater population because I think the greater population doesn't care right now. I think we care about some things like if you go up to any random person and you say, "Hey, um, should the police be able to just take your phone and flip through it?" most citizens are going to go, "No, absolutely not." But we don't we don't necessarily think about does the government have the right to access the files of organizations that are storing pictures online or storing uh, messages online like they we don't think about that we don't think about it from that most people don't think about it from that perspective they think about it from the personal one-to-one interaction they don't think about it from the um, you know from the from the organizational uh, aspect and uh, not just not just I mean remove government from it like does you know and this one of the reasons that I like this keepsake company is that they don't have access to your your stuff like it's like no 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 it's that's all you that's stored securely in this account and we don't have access to it you know we don't necessarily think about that like if you know couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, I, uh, we talked about my friend that had her phone hacked and had uh, inappropriate pictures sent out from her, uh, one of her uh, social media accounts. Why do they have access to that and, then, and that they can send it out? And, and I mean, that's sort of the functionality of the app is to be able to send and receive pictures. But, um, you know, you're also looking at, you know, just thinking about does that company have a right to have access to the information stored in your account. Listen, I have two comments on this topic and two comments I feel very passionately about. First off, I consider myself to be an extremely honest person. I tell the truth. If I don't want to say something, that is a secondary thing. That's not me lying. I just may not talk about everything going on in my life. I also don't feel that you should vomit over people with all your personal problems. How's your day? I'm not going to give you 15 things that happened to me over the that are irrelevant to you and talk about how the lady in the grocery store charged me too much for milk. There's a difference, but it doesn't make me a dishonest person. But I consider myself an honest person. But my point is, I have the right to be a hypocrite. And as we move towards, you know, when everything is more transparent and everything, I lose my right to be a hypocrite. And by that, I mean, I'll use an example. Felton may say he's a Steelers fan, but in reality, mm-hmm. he is he is a Colts fan or a Browns fan or a Bengals fan because that's the game he's turning on. If we're posting Felton's TV watching habits, he loses his, his ability to be a hypocrite. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't think that that's right. I, and this is very true with a lot of people. And I, and I, we don't, and it's very true in, in some ways. And one of those ways is in people's sexual preference. They may not want to disclose 
who they are as a person and, and who they feel is attractive publicly. And once they lose their sense of privacy, they lose control of their identity that they may not be willing to do that. That right. is a very private thing that they they're not lying to anybody. They're just not talking about. It. And once you start giving up pieces of your identity like this and you lose that ability, you, you just you no longer you you lose the right to exist how you choose to exist. Right. Like, listen, if we had some amazing track record where law enforcement had a hundred percent guilty only con- conviction rate, that would be one thing. But we don't have that. <laughs> it's not even law enforcement. It's more of the prosecutor's offices, right? <laughs> it's not even right. It's right. Just, the police are just enforcing laws. They're not. They're not convicting people to jail. That is done by somebody else. Right. They. They don't have a hundred percent hit rate. So once you allow law enforcement in, you just you might as well give it up. You might as well lose your sense of privacy, especially if you're a public figure. Like that's not going to come out. Right. 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 Um. You said you had two. Was that was that the one? Well, the one is I think. Yeah, you know, there's two points I wanted to make. The one I feel passionate about is I believe everybody should be honest. And the second one is I, but I do believe you have a right to be a hypocrite. Yeah, I, it's it's a, it's 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 a good take. It's the best way I can word it. Is I just, I don't want to lose. I don't want somebody to have to lose that right because sometimes something isn't anybody's business, and especially your medical or anything, whatever you choose. It doesn't matter what it is. Maybe you 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 work for PETA and you like to go to a steakhouse. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. You deserve you 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 are entitled to that because you cannot discriminate based off of meat uh, meat or vegan preference. Yeah, it's well, the it's I don't know. I, but that's a different show. So uh, we need we need to take a break, but I I, I want to hold on to this because I I think that this is I think this is an interesting pathway to go down for this conversation. So uh, we're gonna take a couple minutes. We're gonna come back and we're gonna keep going. JSCM Group is your leading cybersecurity expert. With two decades of experience, we work hard to ensure your network is as protected as possible. We simplify the complicated and ever-changing world of cybersecurity, regardless of your organization's size. To start protecting yourself, your employees, and your clients, contact us at 888-897-9680 or online at jscmgroup.com. We simplify, we're experts, and we're here. Again, that's 888-897-9680 or online at jscmgroup.com. Come the warm hands, fellas. Do you have powder like LeBron? No, no. Yeah, you gotta get baby powder. Is it baby powder? Yes, that's how you get the the maximum clappage. (laughs) And that's what it's for. It's for clapping specifically. Is clappage a word? Clappage. It's it's chalk, isn't it? What's that? He uses chalk, doesn't he? Oh, maybe. Ah. So it was like sweat chalk, like a uh, talcum powder. I, I like to think it smells good. 
But wouldn't that make your what? <laughs> <laughs> probably, but wouldn't that make it harder to grip the ball? Um, because it's smoother, right? No, it should strengthen your grip. I think because you're so sweaty, it probably creates, oh, it dries. It actually creates a a, a paste, so okay. the ball sticks in your hands. When yeah, you do this to it. It's very That's legal. why he wins all the time because everyone else touches the ball after that and just fumble it. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, and then you you barely have to dribble. Like at that point, it's just like a yo-yo because it just stretches out and touches the ground mm-hmm. and comes right back up. Oh, what the hell, LeBron? <laughs> LeBron again? <laughs> Sounds like Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> oh, I'm not clapping. We're leaving that in. That was good. Um, okay. All right, guys, welcome back. Um, I can clap if you want for real, but uh, welcome back, everybody. Uh, thank you for, for sticking with us here. So I, I don't know if I've ever thought about it like that, John, but I do, I do really like that concept of the right to be hypocritical. Yeah, uh, I believe that we have that right. I mean, I just believe every, every human being has that right. I mean, it's... it's it's sort there of an extension of just having a secret. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, it's, it's really just the logical extension of having a secret. What? Why? Don't you have three versions of yourself anyway, right? Already, at least. You have your work self, you have your public self, and then you have your 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 personal self. Mm. I guess some people might have a married self and a personal self they might be different but uh, no i think that's fair I, I i don't want to say that i have three different versions of me i definitely uh I, but i definitely move the move the uh, levers around a little bit we'll say i turn the dials depending on the, the social situation i'm in but no yeah like obviously i'm not gonna talk about certain things in the office and blah blah et cetera, et cetera. but no i mean yeah like i have a right to you know again have a secret yeah I mean, and I, I just, I, I just, I want to, I personally want to make sure that that is, that is protected going into the future. I just don't know that it can be. With the, with the way the trend is going right now. And it, and I, I, I just, my gut tells me they will eventually get you to be able to unlock a phone. And I don't think that the, the people in office or, or judges understand privacy enough. They don't think about it like that. I'd agree. I mean, I, I, I and, and I don't know if it's, you know, I, I, I frequently like to think, I like to say that, and I, and I don't know where this is from, but I'm sure someone much smarter than me said it at one point, that uh, you shouldn't attribute to malice what can more easily be attributed to stupidity. Like, mm-hmm. I always just assume when someone messes up, it's because they just didn't mean to, and they just didn't know any better. And like you said, there's there's not rules going into place for this stuff, um, you know, for, for these these serious issues. And I, I and I do actually truly believe that it's not out of malice. I think that I think that so many people just don't understand what we're getting into, like how close we are to this precipice of. We just don't have privacy anymore. And, and, and because I, I don't think people understand that, um, you know, the, the, 
just because somebody provides a platform, and then going back to the social media thing, somebody provides a platform, doesn't mean that they have a right to um, know everything that's on there, or do they, right? Like, I remember um, uh, working at the, I used to work at a UPS store. I was an assistant manager at a UPS store um, at High Aspirations. And legally, we were allowed to know what was in the box because what was in the box was technically if someone came in and dropped the package off, just so you folks know this, legally, they have a right to open that box up if you've already boxed it up because they have to know what they're shipping. It's in their, it's in their uh, 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 care at that point. And so when you drop a box off at the UPS store, you're saying, I don't want to ship this. You do it. And so the UPS store is an entity that is shipping that box. So, and I had, and I've, I've told this story privately. I've told stories privately to YouTube before. I'm not going to re-air them here. But um, where I had strong suspicions that things were not on the up and up, and I had to do something about it. And so, you know... I, I don't know, like that, that law makes sense to me. But at the same time, I turn around and go, oh, hold on. Does this, like I mentioned earlier, this KeepSafe app, app, do they have the right to know what I'm storing on their application? John, do you have an opinion on this? I feel like um, we're at a point where Adam said earlier that he thinks, uh, you know, in the future, maybe 10, 20 years from now, um, yeah, people will just, people won't care. Um, I like to think the opposite. I, I think as more people become, get hacked or more people um, have their information stolen, I think um, more people will take uh, more precautions. Yeah. Uh, I don't I know. right. I don't know if it'll translate as far as to um, putting enough pressure on, you know, the government and on law to to change some of the laws. But I, I do think individuals, because everything is digital now, um, we will start to to care a little bit more about our privacy. Um, convenience, I think, is the is is where we struggle. Um, because I, I definitely know I have too much information on my phone when it comes to, you know, having my, my banking app on there and, you know, just doing different transactions. Um, but it's just so convenient. And I'm willing to take that risk, even though I do have, you know, um, multi-factor on my, you know, on my banking app. Um, but still, it's it's one of those things where convenience trumps privacy in some ways. However, I do still think about it. Um, and partially that is because of the industry that I work in. Um, before I started working here, yeah, I, I didn't care. <laughs> you know, I would sign on to, I'd be like, oh, there's free Wi-Fi. Awesome. And, um, and I would just sign on to it because, hey, why well, use my own, um, right. my own da- data when I can use someone else's? Um, and then it was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> when you're on someone else's network, you, you know, everyone else can see what you're doing. So um, in some ways, yeah, I've definitely um, 
even though it is a convenience, I've definitely um, rethought those things and uh, and think about my privacy and protection. But yeah, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be tricky moving forward because yeah, our phones are are our lives nowadays. You know, our whole life is on our phones. You know, privacy, the privacy fight to me is like you're fighting with one hand tied behind your back. And to use an example is we, we, all of us reside in a state that is, the governor is the former attorney general. And most, I don't know most, but I would say a very high percentage of lawmakers in this country are ex-attorneys or current attorneys who are, who are in law, who are in now elected office. Nobody in my opinion, is doing anything on behalf of the consumer. Nobody is doing anything on behalf of the individual. It is all just somewhat around business, but there's not privacy is not a concern. We put warnings on cigarettes about what will happen if you smoke it. And while privacy is not at the same level, it is, but there is no warning for the consumer and for the individual and for betting accounting over what will happen if she gives up her information. Right. That is the reality, and I continue to not see that. We talked about this before. We're not seeing it on platforms of any elected office, and this is the, this is this is a, to me this is if there ever was a bipartisan issue, it is about our privacy because there are good and bad people on 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 every side of every political issue, but nobody is, is has a right. And I think a side effect of privacy and not allowing this is that. It is possible some criminals will get away with something. But at the end of the day, there's a lot more good people than bad. And there's a lot more other other ramifications to opening up that privacy Pandora's box. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a good point. I mean, what, there is not that driver because I don't think people understand it or they just assume stuff is private or they just don't know how to fight it. And I don't know how to fight it. I don't know how to convince lawmakers. Um, maybe that is a skill set I should develop um, because I feel so passionately about it. But to me, security is privacy, which is why we spend a lot of time on this podcast on privacy, because I think yeah. it is a passion of Adams as well. Mm-hmm. And I think we've won over Felton, at least in our side conversations and some of that stuff. <laughs> And I can only imagine, Felton, since you started here, how you might give Paul's when they ask you for your phone number to buy a pair of jeans. You know, they might take a second longer to decide if you're going to give that to them or not. And um, I think that you can win people over, but it's a slow process. But a lot of people, they just don't don't want to deal with it. And the lawmakers are not doing anything to protect us from everybody else. You know, I thought laws existed to protect me from you i thought laws were supposed to exist just for that purpose and to protect you from harming somebody else and somebody from harming you but we don't we don't do that when it comes to privacy and and lost data and we and when you go to the doctor's office they give you a hipaa notice that says what your rights are but they don't tell you when they violate that right what you're gonna what they're gonna do about it right right doctor's offices do lose these records and I bet you the same day they lost those records and disclosed it, they're handing out that same HIPAA notice. Right. Because it's not an enforceable thing. People don't do it. And if fines are levied against the organization, it is not levied. It is not to the benefit of the person that lost their information in most cases. So, who Or who had their information lost. Better way to say it. You know, when we had our... Um, our uh, 
I was when we were promoting our 5K uh, race last year, or two years ago. Um, oh God! Yes. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> it was it was that long ago. Oh no! Yeah, I know. I know. Um, probably every fourth or fifth person that I talked to when I was out promoting, uh, whether it was at a run club or a brewery, would tell me a story about how they were they had their identity stolen or they knew someone who had their identity stolen. Um, so it's happening a lot. But I don't know if it's, I still don't know if those people who it happened to or if they've changed their ways or if they are pushing their friends and family to protect themselves um, because it, it actually did happen to them. Um, but it's something that is happening in a lot of people's personal lives. And I, I, yeah, you're right, John. Who is going to fight for us? I think this is a great example. As part of promoting that race, I'd forgotten about this, but we reached out to a lot of politicians, and I think I headed up that effort. Of all the politicians in the area that I reached out to to try to get them on board with the issue to raise awareness, and if you remember, we were basically giving away things but we just wanted people to get the information if they came out you didn't even have to run just come out and get the information i reached out to all these politicians two responded one showed up but just ran the race and didn't do anything didn't even use the information and the second one just basically said thanks for the invite i'm busy we tried to raise awareness in our community of these of these issues and in those in the politicians were not interested and everybody's got a story, but I'm just not seeing action on it. So that's why I am. Unfortunately, I'm an optimistic person. But on this issue, over will we be required to, to give up our passcode? Yes, I believe that that will eventually be the case. It'll be it'll be settled law. Because for a while there, you couldn't take somebody's DNA. Right. On DNA, I don't think you should willfully give it up to Ancestry.com. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that always seemed weird to me. Like, yeah, just yeah, send me your DNA in a, uh, in a box, and, uh, and we'll tell you where you're from. Okay. And then what do you do with that information? Where do you store it? Right. And, and how can you possibly convince me you can protect it? And how can you even verify that, I don't know. It just seems I never understood that. I was I, a lot of people were doing it for a while. Um, it seemed like it's maybe slowed down a little bit, um, or maybe just everyone's had it done. So they, you know, it's kind of like a mattress. Once you buy one, you don't need one for another 10, 15 years. So, uh, but yeah, that I, I've never understood how someone just willfully just gave their DNA to a company. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to use it. It uses evidence. I don't know, but well, they—that's how they caught a Golden State Killer, right? His brother sent him in, or something like that. No. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. You gotta yeah. tell tell the story, please. Okay, so like in the seventies and eighties, um, there's the Golden State Killer, and he was like very active. It's very scary. He killed and did a lot of mean, nasty, ugly, horrible things. Um, and they just never caught him. 
because uh, he went quiet. Um, you know, that happens to some of these guys. They stop escalating and they don't, you know, freak the hell out, which is what most of them do and how they get caught. But he, so he just he just stopped and he went quiet or he got better at hiding his tracks. Um, but I, I think it was something with um, they were able to get, track him down because his yeah, like his brother or his cousin um, submitted through like 23andMe or one of these um, one of these services, uh, and that's that's how they were able to track him down. So when you give your DNA to 23andMe or whatever, one of those other companies, uh-huh. they actually put it they they send it along and send, they they send it to law enforcement basically. Oh. No, yeah, okay. no, it sits in a database, and then you can subpoena the database company. Right. Okay. Yeah, they don't send it to law enforcement. They're not doing that. <laughs> but they can subpoena that because you've made that – you've removed the privacy from by doing it or something. So that's the way I understand it anyway. But I know that they can't get it from there, and it did work. So, And I don't know what yeah. my brother did, so uh, – <laughs> I'm not a rat, so I'm not going to get involved in that one. Okay, family, let's have a talk. <laughs> I'm going to submit my 23andMe. You guys need to tell me all the crap you've done. I need to know. I'm just going to do our family tree right now. <laughs> but it's interesting because, you know, that's a whole, other, a whole other topic. But, like, could I submit my kid's DNA against their will because I'm their guardian? Right. I guess the answer is probably yes. I can make my kid go to the doctor and do all kinds of stuff. So then my kid's DNA is sitting in some database and it's going to mess up his future criminal life. Yeah. His future criminal life. And, and, and for those <laughs> of my kids who are listening, you know which one you are. You know, <laughs> you know which one's going to be the problem. It's the one who's listening to get as much uh, information as possible. <laughs> He listens to figure out what does he what does he do what does he know. We figure out the gaps in the holes, so I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here it is. Here it is. Uh, through the use of genetic genealogy searching on GED Match, investigators identified distant relatives of D'Angelo, including family members directly related to his great-great-great-great-grandfather dating back to the 1800s. Based on this information, investigators built about 25 family trees. The tree that eventually leaked to D'Angelo alone contained approximately 1,000 people. Over the course of a few months, investigators used other clues like age, sex, and place of residence to rule out suspects populating these areas, eliminating suspects one by one until only D'Angelo remained. Um, I, I mean, the look... DNA evidence aside, that's actually some pretty good cop work, but they went through all that. Oh no, it's great! It's great cop work. You got to applaud the cop work on these things. Oh yeah, no, that's they, you know chain of evidence and all. They just have to follow the law anyway. But I mean, if you had the tool, you know, go get yeah. Them. I mean, but to use that after a case that's been cold for what, like 20, 30 years is pretty pretty incredible. You think they were watching TV one night and they saw the commercial? And like, I wonder. Wait a second. Mm-hmm. That's it. We already suspected that guy, but Billy, boy, he he liked to. (laughs) (laughs) 
many other criminals are out there like sweating, like man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they always got that one cousin who wants to try everything, everything they see in commercial. I know they're gonna send me DNA. He's a he's, he's maybe, a late. <gasps> maybe it's one. Maybe one of y'all are a secret killer, and that's why you're telling people not to use these services. Uh-huh. Busted. Okay. So thank you everyone for showing. Up. <laughs> the JSCM killer. This will be our last episode. We are. <laughs> Adam has never heard from again. Um, seriously, y'all, thank y'all very, very much for joining us this week. We really do appreciate it. We have fun, and uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, if you have questions, if you have topics, if you have uh, comments or anything like that, um, you can reach us at podcast at jscmgroup.com. Again, that's podcast at jscmgroup.com. Hope you've had a wonderful week. And from all of us, from from us to you, you have a good one. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Love you, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Except that one. Except that one.